we pray. Heavenly Father, through this parable, this teaching of Jesus, make us fruitful. People who truly care about and love others, just as Jesus cares about and loves us. We ask in his name. Amen. Personally, I think John 15, the parable of the vine and the branches, is the best, the absolute top of the pile concerning Christian life, being fruitful, being productive in our lives in a way that affects and touches people, especially those who perhaps are not in Christ or his church yet. Now, on March 5th, I emphasized our connection to Jesus. And you remember this sort of process that Jesus outlined. He says, abide, remain in me. And then he says, remain in my word. Then he says, remain in my love. Then he says, if you obey my commands, you'll remain in my love. Then he melts his commands down to one command, love others as I have loved you. It's a very practical approach to Christian life, Christian fruitfulness, being productive in this world in a way that changes things, changes people, changes everything. Today, I want to focus on the vine dresser, the father. Many versions have gardener. We know about vineyards. We know about vine dressers in Oregon. It's a parable, an illustration, a picture that we're familiar with. And the vine dresser basically does two things. And the first is he takes away the dead branches and throws them in the burn pile. He asks us to examine ourselves. Are we in a living, life-giving, exciting relationship with Jesus? Or are we in a, a dead, ho-hum, lifeless relationship with the formality, the externals of religion? It's very easy for us to go through the motions of Christianity and never really have a strong connection, a deep abiding trust in Christ and his love. Now, you know this already, so it's, we'll just reaffirm what we already recognize. The branches that the vine dresser, the father removes are dead. They have no vitality. They're not producing fruit. 
So the question arises in our mind, well, what's, what's fruit? Well, if you go to Galatians 5, as we did on March 5th, Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But in this text, it's verse 12, where Jesus says, love one another, love others as I have loved you. Are we growing? Are we producing fruit out there in the world? Even with people we disagree with, we may not like, are we demonstrating the same kind of love that we have experienced in our relationship with Jesus? Now, I want to use one of my favorite synonyms, not exactly a synonym, but an explanation of what love is all about. This comes from Exodus 19, but also 1 Peter 2, where we are told that we are treasured. We are God's treasured possession, that he treasures and values us. That experience through Christ is astounding, it's miracle working to know that he treasures us, he values us. How much? Well, I'm gonna tell you two real short parables and then we'll go to verse 13. In Matthew 13, don't get confused here, Matthew 13, verse 13, two different things. But in Matthew 13, verses 44 and 45, we have two short one-sentence parables about how much Jesus treasures us and values us. The first one is, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like this. A man finds a treasure hidden in a field and he goes and sells everything he owns. He gives it all away so that he can go and buy this field and secure this treasure. The second one, a merchant. And again, this is a kingdom of heaven parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant who finds a pearl of immense, great value, and he sells everything he has that he might obtain that pearl. Okay, you're the treasure. You're the pearl. Who is it that sells everything so that he might have you. And incidentally, the parable about the treasure hidden in the field, it says, for joy, he sells everything he has that he might obtain you. 
Jesus gave everything he had. Verse 13 says, No greater love has a man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Jesus gave his life. He gave his blood. He gave his body. Because he wanted you. You are his treasure. You are his pearl. And he did it all out of love for you. So, if we're a living branch, we're going to produce the same kind of love in our lives. Simple questions. Do you treasure? Do you value your family members? your friends, your fellow church members, even people you don't particularly like, people who may disagree with you morally or politically, do you treasure them? Do you value them? Or my spiritual gift are you critical? Do you find fault? Do you enjoy showing them and cataloging their faults? Jesus treasures you. Hebrews chapter 11 says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the humiliation, the pain of the cross. You are his joy. You are his treasure. You are his gem. And he did everything for you. Now, if you're a living branch and not a dead branch, that same kind of love will be exhibited in your life, in your relationships. Don't always look for a person's faults. Look for their positives. Treasure them. Praise them. Value them. Well, the second thing the vine dresser does is he prunes the living branches so that they will be even more productive. Just a stone's throw from our house, well, you have to have a pretty good arm. Uh, David Hill Vineyard, I was up there one time when all of the branches that had been pruned, they had gathered in the aisleways, the rows to be collected and burned. Have you ever seen how much they cut off so that the branch can be more productive? It's ridiculous. It looks like they're killing the branch. 
and yet they know what they're doing, and our Father knows what he's doing, and he's cutting away, he's pruning those things in our lives which hold back, restrict, diminish our productiveness, our fruitfulness. So what are those things? Same question, same thought. What do you treasure and value in your life? Now, I've told you to treasure and value other people, but what do you look for as your treasure, as that which will give you value? Pretty simple, isn't it? One of the preachers I like to listen to says, you can tell where your treasure is when the threat of losing it destroys you. Is it your family, your finances, your friendships? Maybe it's your job or your retirement. It could be your standing and that's your prestige or perhaps your control over things in your life. You like to have them nice and neat and orderly. You like your day timer where you can list out what you're going to accomplish and you actually do it, nothing interferes, nothing is a detour. What is it other than Jesus that you look to as your treasure, the thing that gives you value Okay, I'm not sure I like that question. I'm not sure I want to examine my life and, and see my self-salvation projects, things that I have substituted for Jesus. Things that take the place of Jesus in my life. Here's the deal, folks, and it's true of me, and it's probably true of you. Uh, for a lot of people, Jesus is fire insurance. Doesn't really change the way you live every day. It doesn't change your attitudes or your heart. It, it, he's simply there so that when you die, you got fire insurance. He's not all that crucial, not all that significant, not all that important in your everyday life. You've got your bank account. Wouldn't it be great, I'm not gonna pray for this, but maybe you will, wouldn't it be great if all the banks in the United States failed and we could no longer make money our savior? Wouldn't that be great? 
Wouldn't it be wonderful if some relationship, which is absolutely essential to our sense of worth and value, was taken away from us? So that Jesus was our righteousness, our significance, our worth, our value. Every time we trust in something other than Jesus, the father, the vine dresser, is sharpening his pruning shears. Every time we're distracted and we are looking to something other than Jesus to make our lives eternally significant, eternally worthwhile, eternal, the vine dresser, clip, clip, clip. It's scary. It could be painful. And yet he's doing it so that you might become more fruitful, that you might focus on Christ as the source of your worth, your significance, your righteousness, that you might look to his undiluted, unconditional, undeserved, unlimited love as that which gives your life significance and meaning, purpose, and direction. Pastor, I'm not sure I like this sermon. But that's the vine dresser. He's going to remove those branches who don't have a vital, electrifying, exciting connection to and relationship with Jesus Christ. And then it, the living branches he's going to prune so that you might be even more productive, more focused on Christ and his love, more loving of others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the vine dresser. Send your Holy Spirit to help us examine our lives, our source of worth and significance and righteousness today and forever. Help us to focus on Jesus, his death, his cross, his love, that we might be more productive, more loving, more caring of hurting people, of lonely people, of people who need someone. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.